podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIT preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH backtrainingsc.com to inquire. G'day, I'm James. Welcome to the Australian Opinion on Formula One here at the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast. In this episode, we review the British Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my friend and yours, Thomas J. Camp. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. How are you? Yes, I'm very well, although very robbed. Very, very, very robbed. Not only the cricket but a podium by a bloody safety car for Oscar Piastri. But, mate, I t- tell you what, Formula One is back for me. Austria and now this race, it is in the swing of things. I'm excited about this sport again. Oh, so am I. How good was last night? How good was quality? Oh, jeez, so exciting. Great for us Aussie fans too. It's exactly what the sport needed over the year, I think. An Australian performing on the world stage, just what we needed. I'm... Might have to take everything I've said about McLaren in the last 18 months back. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> Zach Brown has performed in a way that <laughs> is not what I've been saying for the last 18 months. But hey, all credit to them. Kudos. Yeah, let's be clear. It's nothing to do with Zach Brown because he didn't design the car. Uh, it's all to do with Andrea Stella and uh, the technical department <laughs> and the aerodynamicists. Uh, it is nothing to do with the leadership of someone who is intent on breaking the wrists of everyone who works McLaren, which wouldn't be an issue for you, Campy, of course, because you have very strong wrists. Uh, mate, absolutely a turn of direction, though, for this McLaren strong. car. Not only did they perform so well in uh, qualifying, but they actually backed it up with the race pace to the point where Lando Norris led a couple of laps of the British Grand Prix, which uh, incredible result for a team that is, in fact, a tractor, or was, in fact, a tractor at the beginning of the year, and I think very much deserved all of the uh, attention in a negative way that they got, but they did indeed turn around. It is good to see. Hey, uh, let's talk about a little bit of random stuff before we deep dive into the British Grand Prix. Uh, Let's start with um, the 11th team on the grid, shall we? APX, GP, Brad Pitt and co. I saw the Formula 2 dressed as a Formula 1 car. Um, it's like a rhinoceros in a skirt is uh, basically what uh, it looked like to me because it looked very legit, but it was not legit at all. Um, a whole bunch of actors walking around the place in uh, APX GP uniforms, I suppose. People who didn't work for Pirelli wearing Pirelli uniforms, which confused the people who did work for Pirelli, wondering who the hell these Pirelli people were. But all around, uh, it's so hilarious to see these people around the grid. Well, I tell you what, after Brad Pitt's stuff up on uh, must have been the Grand Prix in the States, must have been Coda last year, where everybody hated him. He's handled himself exceptionally well with the media uh, this this time this year. I think he's got all the fans back on board. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this film looks like. It is the cool thing when it comes to sporting, marketing and filming and whatever that looks like moving forward on that on that content stream. So hopefully the movie does all the good things they're doing justice. I like the car. The car had a great livery on it. Um, it's an F2 car adapted to uh, F1 
what specs, not specs, like the chassis size and stuff, so they could fit the same amount of tyres. So it'd be great. He's driving the thing as well, so it sounds like he's had a boatload of time in the uh, in that car, and he's actually driving it and doing as much as he can. So look. Let's see what the finished product is. So we can only hope. I really loved that movie with uh, on James Hunt and Nicky Loud. I thought that was spectacular. But, um, yeah, who knows? Could be a good one. Yeah, Jerry Bruckheimer involved. So it'll be very Top Gun-esque in whatever format. You know, the uh, action sequences are going to be very good indeed. That'll be fun to watch. Um, the other piece of news is, uh, well, firstly, I met Mark Webber. I, I even got a selfie with Mark Webber. It was a terrible photo, the worst photo I've ever taken of myself because I had a moment where I, I thought, no, I'm, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to ask. And then the last <laughs> minute I went, oh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to do it because I am still a fan inside. Deep inside I am still just but a, a boy fan of this sort of stuff. And he was the nicest person. He just, just finished up just, a little bit of a chat with another press guy. Just to guy. be clear, Jim, how many chins do you have? Uh, in that photo, about six. Uh, it was as many chins as I could fit in, uh, between my actual chin uh, and my neck. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Legitimately the worst photo. But it doesn't matter, though, because I had a great chat with him. He just finished up talking to this other press person. Um, and he turned around and walked out. was starting to walk away. And I, and I then went, bugger it, I'm going to ask. Because I literally just walked past Daniel Ricardo and didn't ask for a photo with him because I thought, no, I'd, I'd, I couldn't bring myself to it. So I was just present in the moment. Um, and, I, and I said, uh, oh, Mark, uh, g'day, Mark, how are you doing? And he turned around and he immediately shot his hand out and said, g'day, mate, I'm very well. What's your name? It's, you know, James, blah, blah, blah. Very, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I'm even feeling a little bit starstruck talking about it now. It's ridiculous because he was just such a genuinely nice person. And he's so Australian. It's it's like talking to Hugh Jackman when Hugh Jackman talk like goes on US TV talk shows and turns his Australianness up to eleven. That's how Mark Weber is all of the time. I suppose if you've grown up in Queenby and that's how you are. Um, and at the very end of it, uh, we probably spoke for about two minutes, and that's when I asked for the photo. At the very end of it, he said, uh, "Well, look, have a ripper day, mate. Great to see you." So that was nice, just a very – and, of course, he had a great weekend, not only with um, Oscar Piastri having the results that he did, but also Channel 4 coverage, which is by far the best coverage of Formula 1 you can you can get. And I watched that being in the UK. It was bloody fantastic. Oh, good to hear. What's the chiseled uh, jawline look like in real life? Is it as spectacular as it is on TV? Yeah, mate, what? he's a good-looking unit and uh, just all round. There's, you can't fault the bloke, really, you couldn't. Um, <laughs> let's, let's move on from my many chins to talking about something that was very, very surprising. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to catch up with a couple of people in the paddock and I was standing with them at the, the base of the Red Bull Hospitality Suite, the little ramp that goes up into the suite itself, and uh, as we were speaking... I watched Mattia Bonotto walk into the hospitality suite. Apparently, he was a guest of Pirelli there uh, this weekend. But there are rumours that he is heading to Audi to be their team principal in 2026. Makes a lot of sense. He's got some runs on the board. And uh, I don't think he did a bad job with Ferrari. I mean, they're easy to laugh at. And I was the main contributor of that laughter. I laughed at them a lot. But I think I said with Ferrari, I... Look, at some stage, you've just got to look at Red Bull and how good they are, and that's what you're judging, you know, your results based on. So I actually think Mattia did a pretty good job, and his predecessor as well. And uh, I can't remember his name, looking at his face, loved the dart too. So um, I think they did good jobs, but unfortunately for that organisation, the politics just the politics just continues to take over. And, uh, and um, 
we saw that coming sort of midway through last year. We saw the press started coming out about them and they ultimately changed their stance. But I, I think he's, I think he did a good job. So good on Audi for taking him on. He knows how to, he knows how to handle a Formula One team. And if he's got free reins, hopefully he can do what he's destined to do without all the constraints of being at the Italian based squad. So good on him. Yeah, by all accounts, a uh, really great person to work with and for too. And um, he was incredibly lovely to everyone he walked past, said hello, shook hands, took photos of people and all that sort of other stuff. So plenty of time. Although I guess now out of the pressure cooker environment of being a team principal, maybe you have a little bit more time to do that. Let's talk about the broadcast the flyover, the national anthem, there was a flyover. The Red Arrows did a flyover. I love it. I love that we're getting now back into doing flyovers in this sport. For why they were taken away is beyond me. Uh, it's good to have. It's good to have back. Um, I believe there was also some spitfires flying around the place for some aerobatics. Um, to, to impress the crowd, I suppose, at some point during the course of the weekend. Um, so that's a massive 10 out of 10 for me for the flyover because the Red Arrows are always on time on target and always look bloody fantastic. But, Campy, how do you feel about a, um, I mean, God Save the King, written for not to express in your own way, Damien Lewis, written to, sung as written, please God, and don't include a saxophone. I like the saxophone. I thought the saxophone was actually really cool. I dug it. Damien Lewis, look, it wasn't the greatest greatest performance I've ever seen. I think he finished strong. I'll give him that. I'm a big fan of Damien Lewis. I think Band of Brothers and that role he played in that was unbelievable. I've been a fan from him since. So I can't rag on him. I didn't like it. I thought it was probably one of the worst anthems we've heard. But when I'm trying to critique it, I liked a lot of it. I liked the saxophone. I liked Damien Lewis. So you can't go wrong. The best part about the grid walk, though, the, the pre-race was Martin Brundle. What an absolute superstar. Now, I don't know this model's name, but apparently she's a model. She's got eyebrows like you would not believe. They look a bit bushier than mine. And she refused to talk to him. And then, you know, Martin, in all his wisdom and wonder, just turned around and said, I'm sure that would have been incredibly interesting. So what a superstar of a human being. Yeah, look, I'm not sure necessarily. I, I, For many people who have been very rude to Martin and like security brushed off and everything else, uh, that's one thing. But she said, no, thank you. And I think if you don't necessarily want to do a television interview, you don't have to. I think if you're rude about it, that's a different conversation. Um, he was, on the other hand, hugged by whoever the British singer was from last year that did uh, did the national anthem, who was the happiest person in the world to see Martin Brundle to the point where Martin had to remove the microphone away from him, otherwise he would have taken his job. Um, yeah, I mean, grid walks are interesting. One way or the other, I just think probably the reaction to this that was to, great. That was great. The reaction to Cara maybe was probably a little too harsh, considering she wasn't actually that rude about the whole thing. But anyway, I think from a broadcast point of view, this weekend, um, plenty of stuff going on to look at from. The front of the pack, but we didn't see anything from tenth onwards. So, what would you give it at a score of ten, Campy, for this weekend? Ah, uh, I'm replacing Tom. I'll give it a seven. I like it. I don't mind it. I mean, I can't stand the British bias at times, but I, I like it. I, I, I watch these guys every weekend, so it's awesome. All right, seven solid seven out of ten. Uh, look, British bias for the British Grand Prix. Don't mind honestly when it's when it's full home race, full send in that respect. I think that is absolutely fair enough. Uh, it's just the problem for the rest of the year where we get. 
the same level of intensity for it that feels a little full on. All right, Campy, <laughs> let's go through our full team by team analysis as we always do. We'll start at the very back of the pack with double DNF Alpine. Gasly being collected by the idiot that is Lance Stroll, who has no place left on the grid. Get rid of the dude, put him in the bin, remove him, send him his third driver, whatever Aston Martin, the board and the team need to do to remove that unbelievably bad driver from the team, do it. Because Gasly was actually having a good race up until that point. Um, And Ocon, I mean, we didn't really get to see all that much because he retired very early. Yeah, I think after last weekend, Ocon was looking to make a... Make a big comeback. Unfortunately, he didn't nail it in qualifying and then, you know, DQ in that early in the race because of a car issue. That's just unfortunate for the organisation. The stroll thing, well, how many times do we have to say it and how many times do we have to talk about it? I know I'm a bit like a yo-yo when it comes to stroll. I'm trying – he's going to be here for a long time, right? So I try to be – try to look at the positive, glass half full, not empty. But when things like this happen – and considering how his teammates perform this year, uh, just get rid of the guy. Gasly was having a good race, although the Alpines, you know, probably, I mean, they're the sixth best car now with now that McLaren's made this big jump in the last fortnight. So, you know, should they be should they be fighting for points? They should be. They should be in the fight for points, but we're not talking, you know, top seven or eights. We're talking ninth and tenth they're realistically fighting for. So, yeah, look, Gasly got the better of Ocon this weekend. And uh, unfortunately for them, well, it's racing, it's motorsport. These things happen. (laughs) That is motorsport. Yeah, look, a really tough showing for them. I think, I mean, we will will start talking a little bit later about Aston Martin. But, um, yeah, more generally, though, for for Gasly, Gasly just – had no opportunity to get out of what was an unnecessarily flying stroll into, you know, the exit of that corner. So uh, it's it was just very bad luck. Also, because the way that that car collected the Alpine, you know, it was just enough of an angle to completely stuff his rear right, which is, um, you know, really, really unfortunate for their... For the whole team, because you're right, though, sixth fastest car on the grid as an OEM, having McLaren Mercedes jump you as, you know, now we've started to get non-OEMs up there is embarrassing. Alpine need to sort it out. They have the money. They've got the resources. Clearly, they don't have the people yet to really sort it out because uh, they bloody need to do something. And maybe this injection of cash from this uh, from this new mob will, will help them. Let's talk about Alpha Tauri because uh, Nick DeVries, 17th, Yuki Sonoda, 16th. Um, Yuki didn't have the best Austrian Grand Prix, it's probably fair to say. He probably needed a little bit of a better time here at the British Grand Prix. But because so, so much going on at the front of the pack camp, as I said, in terms of first to 10th, we really didn't see all that much of really Al- uh, of Alpha Tauri, Haas or Alfa Romeo all weekend. Yeah, I, 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 as soon as you ask that question, I'm like, geez, what happened with that team over the weekend? No sergeant was um, – he was frustrated at times this weekend just with, you know, bad luck, especially in quality. He was producing some good laps and got deleted, I believe. And You know, it's, look, unfortunately, they, they were where that team real, relative to their pecking order. That's where they were this weekend. Didn't outperform, didn't underperform, but they got no points and that's not what they're looking for every time they go driving. So, unfortunate. I think I think, I think this is the time of the year, the time of the year that the Alpha Tauri will start, you know, falling back. They might get a couple of results. You know, historically that team started fairly well, specifically this year with new regs, et cetera. 
you know, started pretty well. I mean, I think Sonoda got four or five tenth place finishes in a row. Um, Sergeant hasn't looked like, you know, scoring bulk points. So, anyway, look, we'll see how we're going. Um, see how we go. So, sorry, I'm saying Sergeant. What I don't know what you're talking what about. You know? <laughs> Are we talking about Alpha Terry? Yeah. yeah, we're talking about Alpha Terry. We're talking about Alpha Terry, No, that's saying in. Would you like to talk Sorry, about Alpha Terry? I'm talking we, about DeVries. Yeah, I'm happy to. What an idiot. I'm happy to, to say that um, Sergeant and Williams is after our little sponsor break. That's coming up later I on. I thought you said. Alpha Terry, DeVries, Sonoda. So, yeah, sorry, I was saying Sergeant. What I meant to say was DeVries. Yes, yes, I agree with you I then on all points. I confused between those two. It's not the first time it's happened. I apologise for that. No, but you know what? It's been a consistent not great weekend for AlphaTauri the entire year. The car is, in fact, the worst car on the grid. We have said this a couple of times. It is a shame, though, because we're not seeing DeVries' real pace, I don't think, as a result, because the car is just a bit of a heaper, um, and he won't get an opportunity to drive more than likely this AlphaTauri next year when hopefully that kind of sister team mentality like we saw in Gasly's win in AlphaTauri um, in, you know, Red Bull Junior or Red Bull sort of 1.5 kind of car until next year. So I think from from that point of view, it's it'll be sad. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with Sonoda because I don't necessarily think that um, Red Bull more generally, Dr. Helmut Marco or Christian Horner will be that stoked on either driver right now. Um, even though the car is probably to blame more so than the driving style. Let's talk about Haas because Nico Hülkenberg was a was actually pretty good this weekend until he wasn't. Sergio Perez caused him a bit of damage of his front wing and that sent him tumbling around all over the place. We've had failures all weekend for Haas too. Yep. Um, just an absolute shit fight of an organisation with this Ferrari power unit. Unfortunately for them, the technical issues seems to be what keeps bringing them down. Yeah, I think what uh, what's his name? Magnussen went out in Canada as well. I mean, they just seem to have had a bad a bad run of of uh, uh, engine issues or whatever that looks like. So, I think yeah, I was I was frustrated. I mean, Hulk's doing everything he needs to do right. Got a Got a P2 in the sprint race last week. Great to see. We spoke about that. We loved it. This weekend, I mean, he got out of Q, got out of Q3. He's in Q2. Realistically, now that McLaren's jumped up, I mean, that car should not be out of Q3 any weekend. But Hulk consistently puts himself in the right places. I think it was unfortunate that issue with Perez hitting his front wing. I mean, that just that hurts. That hurts your whole race. The amount of downforce you lose, and the, and then the on flows to your to your tires. They wear out more you got to lean in on them and it's just frustrating so yeah frustrating weekend for us i mean but you got to take the good with the bad with this team really they're going to have those weekends where they like last weekend where they can really go home and celebrate the small wins that they have as a team and as an organization but then this weekend yeah it's just not a, i can't imagine it'd be a nice place to be working in that pit i mean i get they're traveling the world they're racing cars they're living out their dreams they're having the best best fun that they can have but you know when you're constantly dealing with Ferrari power power unit issues just must kill your soul at some level oh yeah and you could see the dejection in Gunther's face when the camera crossed live to him after the issue with um with Magnuson's car and again it, you know for me though I still think this is a team that is is working really well in terms of the driver pairing I was uh, I saw a Q and A session with them Thursday night uh, before the Grand Prix, and they were in fine form together. You know, like really 
quite funny. There a little bit of banter, you know, questions being asked in the crowd and by the host were were all quite good, and they were answering them pretty honestly, which. You know, a lot of drivers, if put under pressure, don't often do. They keep quite reserved a lot of the time. So, from that point of view, I think it's quite good. But clearly, it's just as I said before, the technical stuff, which is what is holding them back right now. Let's talk about Alfa Romeo because it is no man's land yet again for Alfa Romeo. Bottas twelfth. Joe happy to get past the first corner at this point for this Grand Prix. He finally finished a Grand Prix in fifteenth in Britain. Yeah, a tough weekend for Bottas. I mean, he got kicked out of qualifying because he didn't have enough fuel in the car. Can't remember what he qualified off the top of my head, but. 12th is good. So he started at the back and he moved his way up. Yes, there's a couple of things that happened, a couple of incidents. But, uh, yeah, it's good. I think after the restart, you know, with 10 or so laps to go or whatever it was, I think Bottas must have made some moves. And Unfortunately, we want to see Bottas. He's, I, I rate him as a driver. He's he's incredibly talented. Unfortunately, that car is just, I mean, don't want to sound like we're saying the same old thing about this team, but it is, it is frustrating as a fan of Bottas to watch him you know, not being in the points and not being in the thick of the action. Um, you know, I mean, Guan Yu Zhou, where, where does he sit in this sport? Next year we're supposedly going to China and that's the only reason that guy's been in the sport. But he's been good too, like compared to Bottas at times. They've had some good race pace. So. But unfortunately, there was just so much happening up the front this weekend. We didn't see a lot of those back markers. And, you know, I'm not sure whether they pitted a couple of times or one time extra just trying to work out some stuff. But they're, they're sort of a glorified test team at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And I think that's, that's probably a fair shout that, realistically it's very hard to talk about any of these drivers before we get to this next team because we just didn't see a lot of them and that's not to say that it was a poor tv direction it's just to say that there was a lot going on in mid and upper mid and front of the pack let's talk about ferrari (laughs) color signs 10th charles leclerc 9th behind both of them behind williams what is this the 90s ridiculous it's so so, so bizarre to see, Camby, because we have had here in the UK weather all over the bloody place. Friday was absolutely stinking hot at the track. Uh, Saturday when I was leaving Milton Keynes, there was an electrical storm overhead and, you know, obviously we saw a lot of rain for qualifying and mixed conditions. And then Sunday again was not as hot as Friday, but it was a slightly warmer, of course, no rain yep. around. And I thought that Ferrari would have a much better showing than they did, but this track just they couldn't get it sorted out. And Carlos Sainz even deferred to Ferrari for a strategy call, which of course was going to go wrong. <laughs> We're laughing at Ferrari again. It's uh, look, this is the oldest joke in the book. <laughs> I actually, there is something I don't know what's happened to this car. What like take out the McLaren factor, right? Last weekend, Leclerc was pressuring, not pressuring, but he was right behind Max at times, and you know they lost some pace over the race distance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know they were fighting for a, you know, they were, they were, Leclerc had the lead up until halfway through the Grand Grand Prix in Austria. So for them to come out at Silverstone and have the weekend that they had, particularly where they started fourth and fifth. I, I am I am puzzled at why they had the weekend they had this weekend. I think um, it's not a good look. It's it's really not a good look. I, I expected them to, you know, particularly Russell and Hamilton, they should have beaten those two 
fairly squarely. But, I mean, Russell was on softs in that first stint, went for 20-odd laps and, you know, was pressuring Leclerc the whole time. And Hamilton got up behind signs in that first stint and really pressured him to, you know, was able to close that gap of sort of whatever it was, five seconds when he passed someone and got through. I think it was Alonso. I can't remember who he passed. But, um, you know, for them to drop back so severely in that second half of the race, it says to me something about probably the tide. No, tide degradation. I mean, we didn't see a lot of tide degradation compared to other tracks this weekend. But, yeah, a bad result for them. I'd just put that this one down to this track does not suit their car one iota. And hence why we saw the performances that we saw because, you know, you've got to be asking yourself questions if you're Charles Leclerc. You know, promised the world when he went to Ferrari, what, fourth or fifth season now, and it's Start. It's looking like it's going downhill after this weekend, but we'll just put it down to one of those things that happens sometimes. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see whether or not the McLaren factor is indeed a factor for the rest of this season now, or if it was just the fact that Austria and somehow Silverstone was you know enough to really be able to embrace this design philosophy of the McLaren. But realistically, I think that this is a team that needs to do a hell of a lot more than they're currently doing. Well, of course, I mean, we, as you say, we love to laugh at them, but for Leclerc, he's better than this. For Sainz, well, they're both better than this. Science is better than this too. They just really need to be given an opportunity. And I wonder how they would be feeling. I wonder how Sainz would feel if, for example, in the next two years, McLaren are constantly on the podium, you know, and maybe Oscar's really pushing for podiums, both of them. And he takes a look back and, you know, at one point he thought it was a great move to get away from McLaren, but maybe they come back and it's those side indoor moments. Maybe it's the Alonso factor. Maybe it's the Spanish factor when you go to Ferrari. It's just no good. Um, All right, let's go to a sponsor break. We'll be back in just a moment. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIC preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH backtrainingsc.com to register. Okay, we're back and let's talk about a team that I've never thought I would put on this side of the sponsor break, Williams and Sergeant 11th, Albon 8th. Hi, how... What what a result for that team! I mean, they look they've looked they look really good in Austria too, Albon in particular, and um, we know this car in the low speed, the low corner stuff is not great, but in these these medium to high pace corners like like at Silverstone and a lot of those corners are, this car is like a bullet. And, um, yeah, they've propelled themselves up the grid. They've had a couple of really good races. So it's stoked for Albon. He's been performing sensationally. I don't think he got the most out of it in qualifying. I, uh, considering where he'd been earlier in the weekend, you know, he's consistently putting it on, you know, second, third, fourth in that top five throughout uh, the practice sessions that I saw. So, oh, look, stoked for Albon. He's just becoming one of these a genuine consummate professional, right? He's uh, 
<laughs> yeah, he's performing really well. I'm not sure if he's – I think he's outperforming the car. And uh, I, th- I, I think I, he reminds me of what George Russell was a bit like at, at Williams at the moment. He's just performing week in, week out. He's understands what his role is in the team as a leader, how he has to how he has to do it, and he's getting results. And hey, not a bad thing for Sergeant. Yeah, not a bad thing to to get this result because you know he of the of the three rookies, he's probably number two at the moment behind Oscar. And we've been I've been super critical of him, but um, he had one of those weekends. He pulled it out of the bag. He put it together on track on, on a Sunday too. So great for him. Great for the team. You know, you'd be stoked going to work this week, Bane and Williams. You'd just be there'd be a there'd be a there'd be a little spring in your step and you'd be looking forward to where we go next and see if they can keep the momentum rolling. I think it's a really good indicator that Albon was disappointed with qualifying eighth in Williams. Now I you know there is now momentum in this team and there's hunger for him to to just do better and better with this car. And it's good for Sargent yep. because I think now from this point on, if he is able to produce results around 10th position, even if he doesn't get points all the time, when he does get points, that'll be exciting for him. But that might actually be enough to secure him for next year if the development of the car is such a way that they can both get their heads around it. Yeah, no. Yeah, look, look, look. Great marketing too, the Yank. We need a, we need an American on the grid. Look, three races there now. The sport is growing massively. From a sheer marketing perspective, we need an American on the grid just so that we can tip our hat to them. And say, hey, we're not leaving you out. It's a bit like having the token Aussie on a grid. We always have to have a token Aussie. So. Um, I think America's one of those ones as well. So, look, hopefully Sargent can improve and get better. He's got a really good benchmark in Albon. Albon doesn't seem like a, an Alonso or Hamilton-like teammate that's just going to that just going to dominate, you know, and just want to thrash them and, and beat them in every level all the mind games off track to. Albon's a super nice guy. And uh, at the moment, that team needs full 110% collaboration for them to move up the grid. So, hey, I, I think the, the pieces are all set. Everything's set, ready to go. They just need to make those two or three steps in the right direction and we'll see what happens. So, if, But if, if Sargent keeps performing like that, had a weekend like this, if he has four or five more of those weekends where it's a standout performance and in comparison to his teammate relatively close, that, that, that puts him on the grid next year. So. Yeah, and, I, and I, to be honest, it's, it's exciting for that team. Also, the special livery this weekend looked absolutely gorgeous, the half-union jack on the back of that car. And can I just say, Campy, up close, that Williams blue is just absolutely stunning. I'm very excited to see Williams ahead of Ferrari. In fact, it's a Williams sandwich. It was a Ferrari sandwich, rather, with two Williams uh, either side of right. it. Let's talk about Aston Martin because this is now an interesting thing. They sort of said that, uh, Campy, the um, the car wasn't really suited to this this weekend. Now, a couple of things on Aston Martin. Firstly, I saw the campus with my own eyes. It's very pretty. Can I just say it is absolutely up my alley in terms of styling. It is literally over the road from the entrance of Silverstone. Did you go for a tour? No, no, no. They, uh, that was merely me in a in a bus leaving the circuit. It's just also just more generally, the British Grand Prix is an incredibly shit place to get to. <laughs> Silverstone is a terrible place to get to. The Australian Grand Prix, although it's obviously in the middle of town, but it, they just get public transport and how to bring crowds in and out of that place so much better. Um, it was an absolute 
mess in in every direction. And I'm sure if you went to the British Grand Prix and you were stuck in traffic, you would probably agree with that as well. But yeah, Aston Martin just we talked about Stroll at the beginning. For me, he's just in the bin. I, I He has no situational awareness, this guy, and he knows that he can just do whatever he wants, get away with it, because he's not going to be, you know, disciplined like anybody else would on the grid campy. Yeah, I mean, the incident he had with, um, uh, what's his name, K-Mac, it is just rookie, and it should never have, it should, it, I can understand that happening to a driver that's had seven or eight races and he's still a bit nervous and not listening to his team and radio communications. But for a guy that's raced on the grid for this long and had some of the results he's had, he just just do better. It's like the crash that he had with Seb Vettel on the, on the closing lap that time. It's, just like, it's mind-boggling that this guy, it, it always happens to him. In saying that, the car was not great this weekend. Uh, I thought Alonso drove the wheels off the car to put it where it did. Put it where he did. Um, I mean, he beat the two, the two Ferraris in the end. So that's a great result for for a Fernando. But for Stroll, I mean, geez, he's he's just getting left further and further behind the longer this uh, this this Grand Prix season goes on. Yeah, which is no surprise because there is a clear difference in skill and ability between those two drivers. Uh, you're right, though. The fact that this wasn't a track that suited the Aston Martin, Fernando defended quite well against both Mercedes for as long as he could and uh, even held up that Williams of Alex Albon behind him too. I think the best result Aston Martin could have hoped for this weekend was seventh, and that's what they got. So fantastic result for Fernando. Um, let's talk about Mercedes Campy because Russell fifth, Hamilton third. Hamilton only really gifted third because of that safety car, uh, although they missed the virtual safety car and then they got in on the safety car. And as soon as I, as soon as K-Mag had that problem, I was shouting profanities at the television because Oscar had come in the lap before. Yeah, talk about unlucky timing, but we'll get to McLaren. I mean, just bad things happen to Lewis Hamilton. Does he no. just ever have bad <laughs> luck and a continuous run of it? I mean, I think about the bad luck that Mark Webber had and I just, oh, I just want – I just want Lewis to have some of that bad luck sometimes. But, um, oh, look, I think they'd be frustrated that McLaren beat them handsome this weekend. I don't think they would have expected that. Um, yeah, look, good weekend for them in the end, really, isn't it? They're the third best car, and they're probably the third best car going into most weekends. Just so happened that they were beaten by McLaren this weekend and got lucky with some strategy. I mean, Lewis loves this track and I think I think the Sky News stuff that they did with Lewis this weekend and Lewis talking about how much he loves this place. So I think he gets a bit of a bit of an extra boost somewhere on, on his lap times just, just because he's at home. So yeah, great result for Lewis getting another podium. That'll give the spring back in the step, albeit lucky. I think Russ, Russell really outraced him this weekend and I think Russell's first in on that stuff, soft. That was exceptional to put the pressure that he was putting on the Ferraris, in, 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 uh, particularly Leclerc in that first stint, good for them. Um, yeah, just an interesting race. They're always going to be there or thereabouts. It's just, you know, what position and where the second Red Bull is on the grid that will probably dictate where they are. But, yeah, look, Lewis, Lewis is starting to get that little – He's starting to get that look in his eye that he's just that he's going right. We've had a year off. We've gone through the motions. I was pretty pissed off after, 
you know, losing that eighth world championship. But now he's starting to get back into it. The team's starting to give him a car where he can put it on the podiums and pressure and, and have some genuinely fun drives as well where he's constantly racing someone. He's constantly trying to pass and, and put the car in the right spot. And I think that's good for Lewis because he needs, you know, I mean, he's he's achieved everything in this sport. You know, no one else has ever, you know, he's got more wins, more podiums and poles than everybody else. And just think for Lewis, it's good to have one of these races where he's on the limit the whole time and, and good luck for him. So. Yeah, look, it was good to see. George had an incredible pass, I think, around Charlotte Claire, didn't he? Around the outside on, on those softs. And he felt like, it felt like for me watching him that he felt probably more comfortable with the car than he's done in a little bit. The problem is of course, with McLaren jumping as far as they have in that fortnight period, you know, realistically, they were probably both on for a podium, if not for the McLaren. So uh, confusing, confusing for Mercedes, although they have made a big technical change to that car in terms of aero. So I'm sure they will be very interested to look. I mean, even Lewis was looking at the McLaren as soon as they pulled up in you know, after the race had finished. The first One of the first things he did was to go and have a look <laughs> at the McLaren and investigator Seb has passed to investigator Lewis, let's talk about McLaren. Incredible to be talking about them this far, again, up the grid. Landon Norris, incredible drive, incredible start. You know, we, we, we loved to hate him last year and the year before with the Daniel thing, but to, to take the rose-colored glasses off, I suppose, from, from my love of DR, looking objectively at how he has performed. That start, Campy, incredible. And I'm not sure if you saw the replay, but the way that he had situational awareness of looking left and right, left and right, left and right, and as many times as he possibly could before sending it into that corner and watching that car grip beautifully, it has to be said, especially compared to the Red Bull of Max, which was squirmy for quite a while. The McLaren stuck like Velcro to the thing. And Oscar, another like equally a great start and just tucked right in behind Lando. And it was a great, for me, it was a really great display of teamwork. I, I think Piastri... Was it around Cops where he pushed Verstappen up to a point where he had to make a decision one way or the other and he went a little wide? But Piastri was right up there. There was There's no fear for this guy. And, and from an Australian point of view, to really get excited again about Formula One and to watch, uh, to be devastated for him to get fourth is equal parts exciting and hilarious considering where they were only two weeks ago. Oh, look, uh, look, Lando's start was great. It was just good to see McLaren back. Oh, I, I know I've ragged on them all, Ben Shitty Animal, and look, I still are. They still, <laughs> they still dudded my boys. Yeah, damn so right. I'm always going to have a bit of hatred in my heart for that team. But, hey, look, it was good to see them. We've heard about we, – we, we heard and the message from these guys all year has been, look, we've got some updates coming, but we're going to be behind the eight ball. And I sort of wrote that off us. Choose the marketing team's bloody working hard behind <laughs> closed doors. But I think, you know, once these once this upgrade's come, this is genuinely a new car. And I think it gives hopes to other teams like Ferrari and Mercedes that, hey, you can actually make these gains. You can make these differences. I'm still interested to see whether or not it's just not track specific specific for the last two Grand Prix because, I mean, this is a very high-speed, uh, high and medium-speed corners, not a lot of low-speed stuff. So that might not translate to a, a a Monaco or something like that with lots of low-speed corners. But I was stoked to say it. The start was incredible. Lando was – I mean, Lando was great. But I think Piastri's start was better than both of them. He tried to go up the inside of Lando as they both came across. That's how good his start was. So, yeah, look, hey – 
We know what sort of driver Lando can be at times, and he he was never going to beat Max. It was never really on. I think the first stint or the first ten laps, he you know, once he got past, he held on, and the the, the gap wasn't massive. It became bigger as the Grand Prix went on. But mate, geez, I was impressed with oh. Oscar. He clearly had some pace early on, and you know, after after Max passed Oscar. They came over the radio and said, all right, we're going to hold positions. We're not going to pressure. I, I was frustrated because the racer in me just wanted Oscar to have a good crack. But the reality is, is for where that team's at and where they need to be, it was the right decision at the right time. But it wasn't like it wasn't like Oscar just vanished behind him and dropped by seven or eight seconds in, you know, ten laps. It was... It was right on him and, you know, just using his battery properly. I looked at Piastri this weekend and I said, this guy looks like he's been driving in F1 for five or six years. It was composed. It was awesome. He was right there. It's super unlucky not to get that podium. I mean, safety cars, the lap after you've pitted, we've seen that a million times. And when it happened, I was like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. It's happened again. <laughs> You know, we saw it so often with DR2 trying to make strategy calls late in races. But, um, hey, it is what it is. He will be on the podium many, many times in his career to come. Once he gets in a car, it's capable of him getting there. And I think that this is the result that Piastri, Piastri needed to get people talking about him. We all know he's a talented driver. We all know he's a superstar. But it's not the win that Sebastian Vettel had in Toro Rosso and things like that. But these are the sorts of results that, like, Leclerc's got when he's in Sauber, that Max Verstappen had coming into Formula 1. People were talking about him, man. And he's probably gone a bit under the radar this year just because McLaren have been so bad. But this weekend, I think people really looked at him for the first time and said, okay, this kid's got it and he's as good as anyone. And to go up against Lando, what, he's 10 races in, Lando's had what, five or six years now, and and to be right there and right with him and not give an inch, oh, I was super impressed and it's going to be great to watch him moving forward. Yeah, it really is. And he, look, to the point, if the safety car hadn't come out, it would have been that he would have been ahead of Lando after pit stops anyway just because of the pace of he was carrying and the way that those tyres were activated on his car. So, you know, we can't really blame McLaren one way or the other, I think, in terms of that respect yeah. because they were just playing what the field came out. It was unfortunate. I think he tried to put pressure onto Lewis as best as he could, but fair play to Lewis again for being able to defend against a car that was much faster than him in certain sectors of that track. Um, yeah, Piastri has arrived in the Formula One scene. Finally, I think people are taking notice, including us, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you said, we've had a bad taste in our mouths from McLaren because of the DR thing. We've now moved on probably from that. And yeah. and so, I think it's a good thing for, for him to have that. So, um, you know, for, for Piastri, fantastic. For Australians, fantastic. For this podcast, fantastic. We love to see it. All right, let's talk about how Sergio Perez will be replaced by Daniel Ricciardo in 2024. Yes. Because yes. he came sixth and Max Verstappen came first. And why did he get knocked out of qualifying in Q1 again, oh. Campy? What's this, five, six, five, six, six weekends in a row? Five, five. But he's missed Q, he hasn't got out of Q3 six times this year, which is not a great, that's that's six times out of what, ten races? It's not a good look. Uh, look, I still think he should have come through the pack a hell of a lot quicker. I mean, this, this weekend was a bit different in the sense that we saw a lot of 
cars not have the degradation that we expected, so they were able to run a lot higher paces. Even the McLarens keeping up with, you know, and relatively keeping Max in check, I think. It's the first time we've really seen we we've really seen the Red Bull not pull away like like we have in other races. So I think there's some interesting characteristics of the track this week. But Perez still should be getting through that pack way quicker than what he's doing. And, I mean, albeit for the safety car, I think that probably ruined his strategy a bit as well, so I'll give him that. But even still, off the restart, you've got to make up those positions. He's, he's, quicker, than, he's quicker than the cars in front of him. Maybe not the Piastri's, but he should have beaten at least both Mercedes. It's, it's frustrating. Frustrating for him. The pressure's clearly on. Um, I, I predicted it in the Discord. I said, I think it was after... Uh, practice three, I said, well, the stage is set yet again for Perez to shoot the bed in qualifying and when it happened, I just laughed out loud and was like, geez, this is this is not good. Considering how good that car is, is and how dominant, I haven't lost a race this year and to be not finishing number two five or six seconds behind Max Verstappen is not good enough for that organisation, so Rion DR in that seat. Yep. He has his test. What he's testing as we speak today, tomorrow, or is it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? No, I believe it's. I believe it's today. It's going to be awesome. They're going. He's going to get in that car, and uh, uh, this is the profits. Here maker, we go. Right? Danny Rick's going to get in that car. It's going to be like the second coming of Christ. <laughs> it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be an immaculate conception. <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> Danny Rick jumping into a Red Bull again. Oh, We're going to have. Oh, have little angels with uh, halos around their head descend into heaven and a, and a dove's going to descend onto Danny Rick's helmet. That's how good it's going to be. And the team is going to be, all right, we need to get per- rid of Perez and it's going to happen. So I'm excited. Well, if I see a flock of white doves <laughs> flying towards Silverstone, I'll let you know. Um, so excited there that you're peeking microphones all over the place. Sorry for your ears, everyone. Um, but that is it. That is our team by team analysis done and dusted. Let's now go to our Discord comment of the week. And now it's time for the Discord comment of the week. And the Discord comment of the week this week comes from Braced Animal, who suggested an intro to the podcast. Here it is. Welcome to the Lakeside Drive podcast. On this episode, Lewis Hamilton ruins everything. McLaren is out of the bin and the worst fucking anthem of all time. Yep. <laughs> That's... Uh, I almost opened with that, but I wanted to leave that for Discord Con of the Week, Braced Animal, because that was bloody fantastic. Spot on. I love it a lot. And a massive shout out to Discord. Very Everyone good. was so on form for this weekend. It's probably the most energized I think we've all been all weekend. Um, it has a lot to do with Oscar, I think, as well. But just uh, a lot of very funny comments. So there was a lot yep. to choose from in there. So thank you so much for joining uh, Discord, if you want to get involved with that, there are links in the episode, show notes, wherever you're listening, or just go to our website and click through community and then Discord. Fantasy. 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 Campy, fantasy team name competition time. Good news, everyone. Good news. Good news. Campy is fourth. He is no longer he is no longer anywhere near being first. It is great. The greatest thing that's happened this year. I'm 19th, mind you, so I can't talk Campy. 
No, no. I haven't looked at it since about round three, so I'll give myself that. I used all my cards <laughs> in the first three races and fallen back. I need to make some changes. I might have to get some McLarens yeah, in well, there. Yeah, well, good I news. I, I had already thought to myself, geez, I wonder as a result of the upgrades in Austria, I wonder if it's a good idea to put Oscar in my team and Albon. So I got rid of... Um, uh, who did I get rid of? Stroll and I got rid of Yuki Tsunoda and I replaced them with those two and I had a much, much better time. I'm even, I've even now for next round, I've replaced Aston Martin altogether with McLaren as a team and I've put in Landon Norris and Oscar Piastri um, and Alex Albon and Max Verstappen and Fernando Alonso. That's my team, Red Bull and McLaren too. You can't get a stronger team than that, I think, going into just before we head off to the summer break. Very excited about that. But here are some fantastic names, Campy, that I managed to, to find, to sift through. A whole bunch of you now updating your names. Thank you for that. Um, here it goes. Smooth Intimidator. And sing that in your own time. Uh, Needed that. Needed that for new our New name own, uh... for James. Ted Kravitz has cooked his wig. Yeah, let's talk about that, Campy. Kravitz is just, he is on another planet at the moment. Oh, mate, I love him. I mean, he's great. He's great value. I can't stand the two-sex Ted thing. That just, oh, every time he opens his mouth and there's a radio <laughs> that comes over. But anyway, I like Kravitz. He's good. Uh, Brad in the pits. Uh, pit, pit. No, box, box. Uh, Carlos the Intimidated signs. Oh my, I do declare, spelt Leclerc, uh, Jaws music, but it's DR. <laughs> and Stroll for the doll. All very, 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 very good. Uh, I love all of those. Well done, team. Thank you Stroll so much for the updating all of those. The top three for the British Grand Prix in it first. Ca- it probably, uh, Stroll wouldn't qualify for the doll, would he? Uh, of course he bloody wouldn't. In first for Britain, uh, Jesus and Mary Bahrain uh, with 293 points. Uh, second, uh, some random collection of letters, I think. I'm not going to say that out loud just in case. 285 points. And in third, Ed Racing, 263 points. All-time races, though, in first leading the whole competition. <laughs> Kerr Stone. 3,123 points. In second, Max Verstappen in brackets Hamilton, and then it cuts off. I can't read the rest of that. 3,086 points and equal second, Max Box of LSD Team 774, also on 3,086 points. A massive well done to you for all of those if you uh, managed to place and if you're still enjoying the fantasy team name competition, but also just getting into fantasy because it is quite a lot of fun again when you can uh, think about, you know, the jeopardy of who you're going to put in. Uh, but yes, Campy, look, let's just very quickly before we uh, wrap this up and for another week, uh, of course, for a couple of changes at, at Lakeside Drive, this is coming out on Tuesday. It will continue to come out on Tuesday whilst I am in the UK uh, and we will be bringing back Frey's Free Practice Fridays on a more consistent basis. There'll be more okay, F1 yeah. profiles coming, more interviews coming with uh, both Freya and me travelling. It has been um, a little hard to get into that rhythm. So I do apologise for the lack of consistency in episodes and you will have noticed, of course, that we're not doing as many episodes as we did at the beginning of the year because it has just been incredibly difficult to get in front of a laptop and a microphone whilst doing all these things. But otherwise, Campy, it is, we're still here. We're still bloody pushing it along, aren't we? We are. We are, mate. We've got some big news coming up. So we've got some exciting things on the cards too. So, yeah, it's all happening. Stick around. It's going to be a fun rest of the year. Well, a massive thank 
you to you for listening. A massive shout out to our patrons on Patreon too who help us continue to support this show. Um, there is some potential good news. Potentially might have some access to a Grand Prix in the latter part of this calendar season as Lakeside Drive as media accredited. That may be happening. And if it is, oh, tell you what, it'll be, uh, it's going to be at one of the races, one of the three tracks left in the season that I really want to go to, um, which is very exciting. But that is all to come. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of this community. It's Vegas, right? We bloody love you. It's absolutely 1,000% we'll not in Vegas. To Vegas. No, it is the furthest from Vegas I could possibly think of. But that's it. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time on Lakeside Drive. <laughs>